Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. I guess my first question is for you. Have you ever wanted to make a tape for your own funeral? And if so, what would it be? What would you have on it? Mine would be a pre-recorded Twitch stream where I just, like, play Animal Crossing or something and be like, I don't know, guess I'm dead. We have to sit through two and a half hours of you playing Animal Crossing and, yeah. and like, having an okay day with turn-up return rates, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, you're like, well, thanks for watching, everybody. Xander signing off. <laughs> guess I'm gone. Uh, I guess mine would just be a rant for what Utopia would have been and how Earth failed me. Wow. <laughs> Powerful stuff. Yeah, everybody thought I was really positive, but it's dark. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I've, I don't know if I've had a fantasy about this, but I definitely want it to be smarmy in terms of the people that I still had ongoing disagreements with. Uh, <laughs> it'll definitely be addressed at those people with like a well, well, well kind of energy. Uh-huh. Petty is the word. You thought you'd win this, Tift, but I died. Therefore, I had the last word. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can retort all you want. I will not hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will die knowing I was right. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the skin. Actually, it's just called Skin of Evil. Evil. A rescue operation to save the lives of a shuttle crew becomes complicated thanks to a malevolent entity. And one Enterprise D crew member pays the ultimate price in their Mm -hmm. rescue. Who's it going to be? I don't know. Look out for the trash bag and the bad makeup. Yeah, we'll have to wait. (laughs) We'll have to wait a whole 12 minutes into the episode to find out, unfortunately. You know what scares me more than anything? An amorphous blob, a, a puddle <laughs> of oil that moves around. Absolutely so, terrifying stuff. Worse than 1958's The Blob. Ooh, you, you happen to be an aficionado. I sure a of your am. Family. No, I've got blob memorabilia. Head, right? Yeah, we, we, we call ourselves head. Blobheads. Yeah, uh, walk, don't run from your nearest theater kids because there's going to be some jelly oozing through the grates. This film uh, was really the precursor for Skin of Evil, I think. Isn't that what blobheads yell at each other to identify each other, which is uh, run, don't walk? You guys yell at each other across the street? We sure do. We sure do. Yeah, that's right. You get it. Sticky fingers from all that jelly. Well, before we even get to the crazy blob monster, uh, we start the episode with um, a couple of interesting scenes. The first of which is actually Tar and Worf talking about a martial arts tournament. Yard? (laughs) We're thinking a lot about Tar. Yeah. Did you just call her... Tar? I combined Tasha and Yar. No, no, that was intentional, sir. Especially because she's killed by Tar. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think that's. I think I just had Tar on the brain. Oh God, uh-uh. I spoiled. I, I spoiled it. We hadn't said who died yet. Um, Again, you guys should be watching these episodes before listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh gosh, you know that's too much homework for the viewer. It's yeah. our job to People reiterate. Just remember. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, I remember this. Okay, one. well now you brought up the fact that Torf and War never make it to <laughs> the martial arts competition. They never do their training sesh. She never gets to gets to see if her special chokehold. Oh God, works Rebecca. on what. <laughs> But Becca, what's important about that scene is that she realizes that she's appreciated and admired by other members of the crew. She's the top of the pool, and Stop, she was surprised and flattered to hear <laughs> and that. 
and people can make money off of her. Don't forget, <laughs> or whatever. She's it the is optimal bet to place. Wow, yeah. how how did this little bit of capitalism slip into our utopia society? <laughs> what are they betting on in this pool? It's just like duty hours or something. Oh mm. uh, yeah, it's it's ho- reservations on the holodeck. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> It's counseling sessions with Troy or something. I felt of like there was. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good bartering yeah. material. Yeah, I felt yeah. like there was trying to be a flirtation in the script here between Yar and Worf, and then it fell mm. flat. That's that was my interpretation. I saw it as camaraderie because there's a little bit of a passing of the torch to Worf that starts to happen here, and I think we'll maybe see it more later on in the series. But um, there's kind of like a we have the same vibe kind of thing, and uh-huh. we she's trying they're trying to build room friendship for both of because. Us? Well, it's, <laughs> it's. Huh. I think it's more of that they didn't really develop Worf's relationships with anybody yet, mm-hmm. and so she's gonna have this scene at the end where she's talking to everybody, and Worf wouldn't really be included in that because Worf's hardly been developed to this point, and he's yeah. only had one solo story that really didn't have anything to do with anybody else. So they established this, which also further established um, Denise Crosby's character Tashi R. I actually want to talk about a quick behind the scenes moment yeah, about this yeah. because this is um, Denise Crosby had expressed that. If more scripts had provided the parts, the scenes like this, she would have been interested in staying. Mm-hmm. The reason that she wanted to leave was because she felt Yar wasn't being developed as a character in an interesting way. And so, she had other opportunities, like movie. I, I heard. Or something I, I like don't that. know the the extent of like what was being offered to her, but leaving mm-hmm. like a, a series is kind of a, a weird choice. But also, this yeah. was this whole show was an experiment. This is yeah. a show where they designed it for syndication as opposed to just network broadcast. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole nother like, I don't know, is a whole nother business consideration. I think for everybody involved. Regardless, this is a scene that um, Denise Crosby was like, oh. This is what I want to be able to do. In fact, she even said later about this whole script that if more shows episodes for her had been like this, she would have stayed on. And yeah. then she realized she made the worst decision of her career. <laughs> wow. Really yeah. flushed it. I mean, yeah, that's it's that's an interesting Ooh. choice. Um, so we'll see we'll see how this develops. But in the plot of the actual show, we find out that shuttle number thir- shuttlecraft number thirteen has uh, spiraled out of control, uh, which has Deanna Troy on board. Which as a do of we fact. ever find out? I don't believe we do. Why precious Counselor Troy would ever be allowed <laughs> to leave the ship on this transport? Also. She wasn't in the last episode and hasn't been in a couple. Did they just not want to pay her rate? Is she charging too much? Mm. Two answers to that. Uh, Deanna Troy was actually not in a a lot of episodes in the first season, which was um, a problem for, uh, what's the actress's name? Mar- uh, Marina Sirtis. Marina Sirtis. Circus or Sirtis? Sirtis. Sirtis, yes. Never trust um, that I know all the consonants in someone's it's name. Marina Circus and Brent Spiner. <laughs> I don't know anyone named Brent, Brent, so I just go to the closest name of someone I know. And I'm ready to say Andy Circus half the time. That's correct. <laughs> That's where um, that came from. But anyway. Uh, Miss Sirtis, uh, she had an issue with that because she wasn't she wasn't in it. And she actually thought she was going to get cut out of the series. Um, but they actually mention um, Picard mentions it, I think, in the captain's log that she was off at a counseling conference or something similar to that. Yeah. So they they this is the beginning of those sort of baked in excuses. But it is established that both like Crusher or um, any other member of high ranking member would go to conferences or talks or even give lectures or talks. So. The, the idea was that people are constantly coming and going, which is their excuse of, like, why wasn't this person there in this emergency? Oh, they were at a conference. At a conference. And poor Ben Preto, the pilot. <laughs> yeah, the also red Ben. Shirt. Hardly gets any lines. 
Which so that we have? Uh, did he have it? Oh yeah, he had a few voiceover lines. That's true. But well, who actually got a, a weird amount of lines was Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch. They're having a hard who time finding a chief engineer. <laughs> so this is a guy who's pretty forgettable, but for some yeah. reason takes his sweet freaking time getting the warp core back online. And he can't remember the ratio from matter to antimatter. Okay. I knew you were gonna bring that up. One? Are you? Kidding it was because me? it was starting. It's up. one to one always. <laughs> Eventually, we've established this with Wesley. (laughs) It's so hard for people to remember. I mean, he was literally strolling across the engineering as as Picard was like, we need to go now. And even when he was telling the computer, override the final check, we're in an emergency. (laughs) Yeah. And he also just yelled at the computer. He's like, now, computer. It's like, yelling doesn't make it go faster. Speaking quicker makes it go faster. Try speaking faster. Right, right. Well, also, Picard was kind of a dick the whole time. Like, I, like, to part the curtain a bit, I play an engineer character in Star Trek Adventures, and if if my captain was just, if I told them, it's going to take two hours, and like, it used to be in three minutes, and I'll be like, I will try. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like that's the eternal struggle between a red shirt and a yellow shirt. It's just like, I yeah. need it now. It's like, this is what's going to realistically happen not, for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the actor who played Leland T. Lynch had an even cooler name than that, which I wish they'd just use his real name, which is Walker Boone. Ooh, Walker I would make a Starfleet Boone. character named Walker yeah. Boone, right? No, that's a Texas Ranger. <laughs> if there was one engineer with a huge 10-gallon hat, I would excuse it. <laughs> if that was the one anachronism they allowed, like the Yankees cap, I would be cool. Oh, yeah, it, it's a cultural touchstone. <laughs> oh, uh, also that guy had a dilithium Himalayan sea salt crystal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the crystals would be much more interesting than that. It was one that. of those just... healing lamps. <laughs> it was. <laughs> they totally bought that like at an Oceanside gift shop. Yeah, too yep. bad they didn't realize that would be in every house in America in 20 years. <laughs> We were just lucky that it wasn't one of those electro balls from Spencer's because <laughs> it very well could have I been. I feel like they, those, make a, those make an entrance at some point later. Speaking on. of sure Animal Crossing, you can't get those. Yeah. <laughs> um, we make it to Vagratu, I believe, which is the planet where um, Troy's shuttlecraft, Troy and Ben's shuttlecraft uh, crash landed. Mm-hmm. And the away team uh, makes their way down there and they encounter, quote, trouble. <laughs> Again, this is that like Starfleet ignorance too of danger of like nothing can go wrong. It's just a planet that we don't sense any life forms. Let's go pick them up. <laughs> oh yes, previous <laughs> instances with no uh, discernible life forms have been our least deadly. Also, yeah. when they were encountered with a moving oil slick that blocked their path, uh, Yar's tactic was go the other way. <laughs> right. It's like uh, address what just happened. There's yeah, liquid yeah. smoke following you. Right? No, it's it, someone in the effects department learned how to do this on the computer and it was like, guys, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. Yeah. And they're like, this is it for the Found episode. Found the monster. It, <laughs> yeah. The first time you see this puddle is the cheesiest it looks. It's like a real right. floating overlay of like black ooze. Uh, yeah. But I yeah. thought when the humanoid shape like formed out of it, that was pretty cool. Like in Something high def, practical. it still looks a little, it still looks a little like a trash bag covered in tar. But like, uh, I thought the actual coming out of the fluid was pretty sweet. Okay. And yeah. then there's the unceremonious l- Lieutenant Tarring. <laughs> That's pretty no. good. Did you have that no. prepared? No, I didn't write that one down. Thank you. Thank you. Point. No. I'll take a point. It's bad. Bad. It just, oh, oops, uh, let me kill you with my wind. Yeah, well, and the thing is, it's not necessarily that death. 
It's the little splotch of makeup that they the put Crayola on The Crayola red marker that's just the, like, with clean lines. of, like, here's a little spore, but in red. And we'll draw it on the cheek. There was not any sort of liquid fake blood. It was just a splotch on her face. It, so I bad. Bet, you know, now that you've mentioned that, I bet some makeup artist came up with some sort of makeup that was like the network's like, let's make it too cartoony. This is for kids. Like she's dying, oh. but let's tone out, down like the gore and make it. Well, they almost didn't more... need to do blood at all because I didn't they even didn't. see her like scrape her face when she no. fell. Which, by the way, that was a great stunt job. That was like a forward flip where she practically landed on her neck. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, yeah. Or did do the you know if a stunt see... double did that? I think it was. I tried, looked carefully, but I mean, I don't know what Denise... I'm sure they all had stump doubles. Yeah, well, especially security. Notably, Riker was the one who did go into the river, though. Oof. <laughs> I no, wait, know, right? We gotta get that to that, but rough. we gotta talk about how how uh, this felt like they were just passing over it, like, she's dead, there's nothing we can do. Now, Gates yeah. McFadden was the only one that took the scene seriously, because that blob on the cheek sure didn't. So there was a little bit of debate about, like, how we should or how Yar should be written off the show um, I think Crosby once said that uh, Roddenberry felt the strongest way to go would to have her be killed um, it'd be shocking and dramatic and they wanted to do it that way but like they were there was there was a lot of debate within the writers room about how to do it um I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they wanted it to be quite quick because they didn't want they didn't want to avoid the sentimentality of it and still get to the episode. Mm. But I mean, they did all the sentimentality stuff at the end too, so which I appreciated. That was actually an excellent part. I yes, I thought so too. To, get to talking about that part, but yeah, we just quickly are like, you know what? We can't. They they sit in the conference room for ten seconds and start yelling like, now it wasn't her fault. Somebody thought it was her fault, and then uh, Captain. That's a tippy tap on the table with his finger, (laughs) which was the best way of like, you know, tapping the wine glass at the wedding to get everyone's attention. It was like the cutest little order. And he was like, we can't deal with this until we rescue the people on that planet. (laughs) I agree with what you're saying in the lack of like emotion, especially because there could have, there was a way to play it where they were feeling it, but you could see that they were trying to contain the emotions, which is, I think what, they could have backpedaled and said of like, but you can say that they were trained officers that if this were to happen, you have to continue with your duty and you have to keep calm because otherwise everything goes into a panic and nobody will follow orders. There still and should it, be, I felt like some redeeming quality to her death rather than yeah. like she pressed too far in a situation oh, right? that was too tense, right? Rescuing like it, someone, not like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going anyway. Bye. And I do love yeah. that, you know, not everyone does needs to have the perfect hero's death for sure. Like, I love the realism of that, but this was just so, like, eight minutes in and it's over. If they were going yep. for realism, don't make me Two. say the makeup thing again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I could see, now that you bring that up, that being a decision that maybe have happened on set of, like, because it wasn't on planet, right, that we didn't see the makeup. It was until she got into six. I yes, had to rewind. It, it happened later. It was mm-hmm. underneath. Her face was kind of turned towards the ground, oh, really? but it was there. Because uh, yeah. otherwise, I would say that maybe someone's 
she's in sickbay and a director or a PA was like, hey, we need, we should get some makeup on there. An interesting like thing that. about yeah. sickbay was they went, they used a lot of the camera work without the still cams, uh, without yeah. tripods and stuff. And so I suddenly... also liked the nurse and the other like workers because they had some age differences and gender differences yeah. in the med staff. Which it was became nice. a brief medical drama there for a second, sure but did. it was yeah. still, it was still a little um, stuck in the Star Trek trope of like, do this, uh, change the number, now do it again. And they yeah. just kept switching between nurse, yar, doctor, nurse, yep. yar, doctor. And they're like, well, she's dead. It doesn't have the same effect as like the paddles and trying to keep like, <laughs> yeah. wake up, damn it. But it's so less dramatic when she just kind of jerks and there's just a couple of wires near her head, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but they did a good job with the tension of it. I was still on board. I was still, I actually, I kind of the whole time was regretting like letting Becca know uh, like that that kind of happened that mm. Yar was going to leave. And though I assumed you kind of did know we were going to lose her. Well, I'm glad that I didn't know. You guys told me. Uh, I saw some articles while looking stuff up for other episodes. It was like, yeah, I can't believe Yara dies soon. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I knew it would get spoiled for you. you. I just didn't yeah. know how. But yeah. I'm glad that I didn't know that this would be the episode. Okay, um, so right. it was a surprise for you when it happened. Yes. Okay. Uh, but it was also like, oh, now it's happening, isn't it? But were you like, what the fuck? That's how it goes? Yes, 100%. Yeah. It was yeah. real that stupid. Feeling. This nihilist yep. blob is the one that takes her out. And it really is, uh, it's an interesting philosophical, like is there pure evil in the world? Right. Is there just the absence of caring? I mean, personally, I think no. Uh, I think actions can be evil. I don't know if people can be, so much as they're like warped or like mentally deluded or indoctrinated into an evil belief. I'm sorry, are you aware of the Senate Majority Leader? (laughs) <laughs> I am, I am. I think he's, okay. he's blinded um, by his own corruption. But we'll, that's another podcast uh, coming out next week. Um, <laughs> the the thing is, is that this, I, I was so concerned about why he was this way. I get he was abandoned, which we learned later and stuff, and he's angry about that. But his his vitriol and uh, actually Danny even says it, his sadism is mm-hmm. a, uh, a such a strange byproduct of his isolation and I don't quite understand it. Well, it's because he is the diluted uh, sloughing off of everyone else's evil, which was like stars or this something, I don't know, some sort of deity, but he was everything that creatures whose beauty dazzles all who see them had left behind. Ah. And I was wondering what the meaning was uh, like we should be aware of our own most evil intentions so that we can coddle them. I think you're giving it more thought good. than they did. Honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, so to 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 your point, Jake, whether you believe you can distill the essence of evil or not, this works in a way because if you believe it, yes, this is a puddle of evil and evil intentions. If you don't, well, what did they leave behind then? Is it the is it an essence? Is it a piece of the species? Is it something that they physically removed that then became a puddle? Is this one instance? Uh, well, I know. leak evil like usually early in the sure. morning mm-hmm. a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's not a puddle. It's like a couple right. of drops, you know, and it's <laughs> and in I'm the corner of, of the bedroom. And you keep it in a jar okay. to throw yeah. Yeah, yeah. splash on enemies. <laughs> So there is something interesting. Oh wait, what do you here. do with yours? Yeah, <laughs> I recycle it. Yeah, it goes in drink compost. It? Oh, okay. No. Oh. And then uh, and don't then drink your show, own evil. Don't drink that. <laughs> um, and, and and again, it's giving it more credit because I think if they hadn't used those particular practical effects and had tied in the death into it, mm-hmm. there could have been some real interesting. 
conversations that were had here with mm-hmm. an entity that represents something that a civ- civilization left behind or thought this is what's holding us back let's cut it out and leave, leave it, it on this planet who knows seems like <laughs> yeah. they were right I mean it's real shiny whatever went on without it also found the specific notes that I took at the moment of Yar's death which is oh my god you're effing kidding me is this it yeah. all caps this is all caps she's actually effing dead so yeah. many question marks and exclamation points yeah so <laughs> yeah, uh so that's the right feeling lackluster <laughs> i had known this was happening i kind of remembered the episode but i just forgot how brief it all yeah. was it's so fast yeah. also whelp one last female on the bridge Yep. Yep. For now, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Armis, uh, which we learn is the <laughs> which creature's is the name. Goofiest name for the embodiment of all evil. I know. Yeah. It kind of feels like Call Arthur me or something Armus. like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he taunts Troy, um, and she pretty much tries to understand what he is, but he's not given out too much. He just clearly loves making people uncomfortable and frustrated. Actually, is the very specific emotion he mentions. Yeah, or entertained. Troy. Enterta- yeah, entertain me, says yeah. at one point. Yeah, amused. Well, uh, Troy is the most incredible counselor of all time. I mean, she yes. coaxed the feelings out of a puddle of evil. I love the scenes with Troy in this one. The, and especially because she's not acting off of anybody. She's doing that with someone reading the lines off camera and killing it. She's She did a great job with these. Um, but yes, to, to in character have a counselor that could, could do that, I think is just proving the point of why the counselor is so valuable on the starship and at like ambassadorial or tension diffusing situations. Absolutely. Marina Sirtis actually felt she did some of her best work in this episode, citing it as one of the two episodes from the first season she fondly recalls, the other being Haven, which oh, is, wow. I think that uh, one where she was betrothed, right? Is that no, Haven? Haven is Eden. Edo, the planet where Wesley... Oh, is that Haven? Oh my gosh, really? That one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, like I don't remember like. that. But I thought she was great here, too. I yeah. definitely yeah. teared up when she's really trying to dig into to what this being is and acknowledging what it feels. And the moment where she says that she knows that Yara is dead because she felt her death. Oof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heavy. Uh, so back on the Enterprise, the crew decides they need to make a rescue plan. Worf is asked to step up, which is kind of what we were alluding to earlier, is he's going to kind of take over the tactical station. And he says, I'm going to stay on board because I'm more effective up here. Yeah, Sorry, uh, this is how security should be done. No offense <laughs> to uh, disregard her you know, rotting body on the ship now. Um, Don't worry. In the future, he's going to wear a yellow shirt and go on plenty of away missions. Yeah, but. well, I think this was to show that the wharf of the past of the Klingon that we would know up to this point would be like, it's battle, let's rush in. And this is showing that he's taking it seriously, the responsibility of this position. I am too intense and too full of fury. I am way <laughs> too intimidating of a presence. Yeah. Now, can we? Um, can you guys explain to me a little more? So, Worf was kind of like generically bridge staff, and he had a red shirt because he was command. Yeah. So, in this sense, it's the track that you're on. So, eventually, a red shirt on on the Enterprise means that they're interested in eventually commanding their own starship or something like that in that capacity. So, uh, th- that's specifically learning what it is to be a commander. Yep. Um, I, and I think that they just rerouted how Worf's 
character was once Yar got written off and realized that he could be the security aspect that they needed to fulfill, I suppose. I'm not even sure if they necessarily were writing so much that he wears the red shirt for command. It might have also been, like Data, another makeup choice, given the yep. balance of colors in blocking on the ship, because Yar's yep. back there already with a yellow. And mm-hmm. I feel like it might be a balance. You know, you, you also notice that, generally speaking, Jordy was wearing red. Actually, he wore it all this season, but, like, he's yep. always next to Data, who's wearing yellow, so it's, like, a little bit of color separation. Exactly. That's, that's my exactly guess, that. a little bit. Well, it's a huge career jump to change colors, in my opinion, and uh, that's basically what happened in this very scene. It was like, hey, you want to do it? Oh, you mean derail my entire trajectory? Uh I guess for you, Picard. Well, actually, it's not that uncommon in the reverse. Most of the time, people will come up in the sciences or in engineering or whatever and then be on a ship long enough that they're like, I could do command, and so they'll go through the training program and then switch to red. Right, that makes sense to me. Because command's kind of a little more generic in its application, right? Yeah, you could be in any department type of thing. Uh, Speaking of commanding... You're a manager, you're a general manager. (laughs) Mm, It's like being a director instead of art department. (laughs) Speaking of assistant general managers, Riker (laughs) goes down onto the surface, and he plays a clever clever little game with um, Armis when uh, he says... Let's see, when Armis says to him, she said you'd be back. He said, oh, then she's alive. And then Armis is quiet, and I'm just like, he's like... Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't We've stand this, this scratchy deep inhale voice. <laughs> it's it's called evil voice. Yeah. yeah. Default evil voice is zero, zero, 001. Uh, hurts yeah. my ears. <laughs> well, he's uh he's hard to please and he realizes it, right? And so he even describes himself as like what does he describe it like a second skin dank and vile? Yeah, those he said, and I was like, "Dank is a word." I mean, that's a strain I've had before. Like, that's yeah. not, <laughs> that's not evil. Oh no. The the thing about him is like I the suit that he's made out of. Let's see. Actually, I had it written here. It's like a a like a bird suit that made out of trash bags. How that they do they dipped. keep it wet? The black slime was actually a mixture of Metamucil and printer's ink. No! That doesn't yes. sound <gasps> healthy. Are you kidding me? No. So it was a combination of printer's ink and water-soluble gel. Uh, they don't know what else is in it, but it caused the glue in the costume, which is very strong shoe glue, to undo itself. So the costume fell apart every day, and they needed to make a new one each shooting day. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. They dipped people in that. Yeah. Like, it was so, in his oh. eyes. And- so when Riker was sucked in, uh, Jonathan Frakes did that scene himself, and when he got out, it, the, there's a note that says LeVar Burton went up to him and said, Frakes, I never would have done that and frank said i suffered physically like a fool for that and i should not have gone in a fucking metamucil shit that was absurd oh my god (gasps) wow i had no idea you'd think that there would be some sort of standards and practices for effects and yeah well i don't know that lavar has those standards for himself and frank's (laughs) wow just wow I was like, that, that scene where Franks gets dragged in, he's like, Data, something's got me! And that was that was freaky. Data's <laughs> he was the one he calls out for in his moment of need, his true love. That's his confession right there, I think. Riker horny on Maine? Horny on Maine? <laughs> I think if I'm going to die, I might call it for Data, too, because there's a good yeah. chance, statistically, he's going to be the one to save you. Right. Well, he is fully functional. <laughs> fully functional and very strong. <laughs> uh, I, it was. I agree. Very scary. The Han Solo face, where yeah. I guess it was Frank's real face, fully covered in like a, a trash bag covered in Metamucil. I don't know if it was a model or like a mask or something they did for that. It doesn't look. I don't know if that was a real human or anything I, like that. But it, it was had so to have been cool. Like a cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a. That was an amazing shot, though. 
But if I could tell, it, or, or it, from my impulse, if I were in Jonathan Frakes' position, I would get dunked in that pool for the scene where he gets like dragged back. And so I think he really did take advantage of that and gave a good, you know, scary portrayal. Mm-hmm. And that's what the payoff is for getting dunked in Metamucil and printer ink. <laughs> oh, the printer oh, ink God. sounds toxic. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. Sp- that also does not come out very easily. Yeah. I, I worked selling <laughs> printer ink for uh, some time after college, and it is monstrously hard to get right. out. Right. They had to wait three weeks to chew yeah. more. Yeah, it's you pretty much, you know, you, you grow new skin, new uninked skin. Yeah. Awful. Well, maybe the Metamucil has some oil property that carries it away. But, you know, oh why didn't and Yard... products weren't better in the 90s. Sorry. Well, I anyway. thought it looked very scary and cool when they did that effect with the mold or whatever and his face coming Dude, out, that out of the kid, black. That would but, give me nightmares yeah, if I was a yeah. kid. Why didn't Yard get a little bit of that special effect for yeah. her death scene? Just a red splotch. That also might have been even more traumatic to see a loved character die that way. Oh, yeah. And, like, see a little bit of their corpse pop up. That might be a little much. I'm not sure. I mean, but I, I get you. Well. It should be more. Yeah. It should be ceremonial more regardless. I agree. Yeah. Um, so. There's a fine line between gory and ceremonial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You just got to write it. That's a yeah. Star Trek lesson. Uh, it so, turns out, splotch on face. Perfect answer. And I here's where I get really mad in the episode. Ah. Where? You know what? When your first gets sucked into a pile of goo that's already killed your chief security officer, uh, you know what I'm going to do? How about as the captain, I just beam the fuck down to that planet. How about that? Let's just throw everybody into this pile of Metamucil. I feel like it's yeah. a secret, like Picard's like, well, Riker's not here to tell me no, so I'm going to do it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's going to tell me no? The counselor is gone. Right? The doctor's on the planet, and your first or your second in command is gone. What is The Worf away team just something? mutters under the breath, oh, great. Worf just got promoted. He's not going to say shit. <laughs> do you think that Troy, when she was showing her distress and getting incredibly overwhelmed with the emotion of it when she was talking to Armis, do you think she was distracting him? No, I think she was connecting to Riker, who was inside of him. Right. She would call out Imzadi and like. Right. And I think that was all real. But like, I was like, I was like watching it. And I, I as much as I think that was a true uh, displaying of that emotion, I was like, now there's also the other element here that she knows that the, the, the energy level thing, right? That's being dropped. So is there an, an option where she's actually embellishing this or at least trying to play the negotiator a little bit? She and didn't know the, about the energy level at that point. Didn't they tell her? No, no not Picard not negotiates to go in to tell her. Right. Okay, great. Uh, okay. Now, around this time, we get a reference to uh, the Wizard of Oz again. He keeps calling Tin Data Man. Tin Man. It's like, it's when did weird. this blob watch Wizard of Oz? <laughs> and also, as soon as Picard beams down, he's like, ah, you're in charge. What? How'd you? It turns out like their their Brita filter for evil got the Wizard of Oz kind of caught in there, and so <laughs> or that was a mistake. Wizard of Oz is truly evil, I guess is what that, this or, means. Or was on purpose. Or you just yeah. picked a random element from the periodic table and landed on tin, and like I'm surprised Data didn't correct him. <laughs> I'm actually made of a poly. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He <laughs> um, was a bad writer. That's what it was. Everyone. Well, that's bad the thing. Writing. Like this, this villain feels less like a like malevolent spirit and more like a bully, like a petulant yeah. bully from a children's show who just wants to delight in people's discomfort. That's what it is. He even say, it, but like, but to the point to where it's not even. Uh, there's there's little nuance to it. He literally yeah. even says constantly. You don't like that, do you? Right. Because they're writing to the lowest common denominator of an audience. The nuance wait, I thought. Wait, was... wait, what? 
What do you mean? Yeah, because so us? I think that they're not <laughs> us, but kids. You know, that's why Wesley's even there. The network is concerned about kids being able to watch this and get interested and get the lessons. I, I so I can see why they would want to like dumb it down and have to repeat. You know, but they've but had also, such incredible levels of nuance. I mean, not incredible levels yet because we're still no. in season one. But like they've had so much more yeah. nuance in earlier episodes. You're right. It's it's wrong. It's bad, and they did a bad job, and they should feel bad. But I think <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. They, okay, as long yeah. as they feel bad. Yeah, uh, but I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. Is like okay. we have to make sure that everyone can understand what's going on in a in a broken way. There's mm-hmm. a really really excellent scene here though, which is when the phaser is being pointed at different people by Data's hand. And the blob yes. asks Data, how would you feel if you killed your captain? How would you feel if you killed your doctor? And Data's like, no, bro, no remorse, because I know I don't have control over this phaser in my hand. You do. And uh, that was a really interesting scene. And the doctor plays it cool as well when mm-hmm. she uh, is asked, you know, what does it feel like to contemplate your own death? Who would you wish to die of these people? And she's like, me. Uh, oh, yeah. you're not afraid? I am afraid. Oh, show me yeah. you're afraid. No. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baller. Baller so performance good. from everybody. I loved that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks because this, for me, looking at, at Next Generation in general, this stands out as kind of like a crappy episode because of the things that happen in it and like how bad that monster was, you know. But there are little gems like that in this that, you know, it was almost the actor's send-off to Denise. Yeah, in, it really like, was. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was a bad episode at all. I think that a nihilistic right. monster is the scariest kind of monster, even though the the graphics element of it, which is budget, too, and, like, the yeah. time. Um, uh, but I thought that this monster was especially scary because there's so little relating to it. There's no healing right. it. Yeah, this is, I, I think, what they were going for with the Q character of, like, this is the, the humanity put to the test, but it's in the real situation. We've got the, the phaser in hand, the life and death. You still make those choices because that's what humanity is. Yeah, honestly, I prefer this episode to a Q episode. Yeah. <laughs> so Picard pretty much tricks the creature into getting so angry that its energy levels get low enough that they can beam everybody off the planet's surface. And then they, which I, I didn't remember this ending. I'm so surprised. They just leave him there. Yep. So, and they just like, don't go to this planet. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, I was wondering if Starfleet has some sort of protocol for like, oh, no one go here. It's like real bad. And they do. Yeah, they define they it do. as um, off limits. Yeah, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to go there. It's definitely like a source of adventure for future starships to go like crash land on, right? That's Ugh. what it is. Yeah. It's like Jumanji. Don't listen you to can- the drums and run. yeah but eventually they might be able to take the records of what happened there and go back with a team or a team and address it and and address it nihilist specialists yeah (laughs) nihilologists spray it with anti-mucinex matter (laughs) what was the material (laughs) (laughs) mucinex but then we go to the windows 98 background for um yara's funeral yeah you can tell it's a blue screen because crusher has to change to a green uniform oh good well yeah they adjust the chroma of it so it looks more like turquoise type of thing in fact a little behind the scenes on this the cast was a little emotional about this scene in general because of how it was shot and also that it was um denise crosby's it wasn't the last episode she shot but it was it was like her departure um Mm. they had had to still keep 
the rest of the episode. They had to film more of the episode after this scene. So uh, Jonathan Franks mentioned that when they got on set, Patrick Stewart started singing The Hills Are Alive while spinning around up on the <laughs> against the sky. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to break the levity a little bit. Yeah. I love um, it. This was Especially a coming scene. from Patrick Stewart. Who was known to be sort of like yeah, tight, right? the crack the principal. Yeah. I agree, Becca. I thought this scene was great. What'd you love about it? It just was beautifully done. I, you know, I have expressed my feelings about the character of Yar in the past, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was so beautiful for each person that Yar addressed in her self eulogy. um, She had something very insightful to say about the character, or they gave her that. And I was kind of like, okay, well, what does she have to say about this person? They didn't have a relationship. And then it was like, oh, yeah, well, there was that scene where we saw that play out. That's very honest and insightful. And oh, my God, I can't mess my makeup up because I'm to just weep audibly and not let the tears fall. I tear up every time. It's 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 well written, well acted uh, on both sides, both from Denise Crosby and the cast receiving. Yeah. I was ready to for it to not be a great scene. I was ready for it yeah. to be corny. I was ready because because of also the, the clouds, the clouds, like the the idyllic atmosphere they put themselves in. I was like, here we go. They could have just and shot then, actually outside. Yeah, they well, yeah. the lighting on that is always like such a different thing for this Enterprise. Whenever they do outdoor scenes, which we'll see more of in future seasons, it's such a stark difference. It feels it feels like oh, they've been on a set this whole time. I see it now. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, but I was ready for it to be, you know, uh, a little bit corny or like as shoddily written as some of the previous dialogue in the episode. But then, Becca, I completely agree with you. She has like the best monologue of the first season, I think. Like also like some of the best lines in terms of relationships and like appreciation. Um, I didn't get teary until the closing line where I kind of lost it. With the hailing frequencies Hailing frequencies closed. closer. I was like, oh. I literally said out loud, I was like, oh, you got me. Yeah, yeah. Because you could tell that's probably the um, the way, the most, the line that she had said the most in her whole run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hailing frequencies open, hailing frequencies closed. Ugh. Heavy. Good. So good. And then, of course, the French from Picard. Saved right. for rare circumstances. Seeing a beautiful <laughs> woman on a holodeck or right now saying au revoir <laughs> to his friend. Yeah, well, and and I think that we got Yar got to be the lens of w- which the writers got to crystallize the characters for us. Wow, yeah. You know, we got to see what they were trying to say with each one uh, directly from you know these are the defining points of this character. This is where they came for the season. Let's see where they go for the future. And never hit on the head too hard. It was like, oh mm-hmm. wow. That is what that character means to me. Well done, right. Yar. Yeah, Except yeah. for the father scene, which got a little complicated in one episode. She calls for... She says that Picard is the father she maybe oh, yeah. never had, except she never had a father, so she doesn't know yeah. just the person she wants to be proud of her. And it was like, hold on, there was that one scene where you guys got real close, and she goes, if you weren't the captain. Uh, <laughs> aside from you could be my yeah. daddy? Like, like, I don't know what yeah, that was. Yeah, daddy stuff <laughs> yeah, got yeah. weird. It's weird. I don't know why. 
The tears cried by Marina Sirtis during the scene were real because she and Denise Crowley has become particularly close friends while working, oh. and she was upset that she was leaving the show. Um, she said later that as it was one of the most moving things we ever shot. Uh, Jonathan Frakes and her were standing together, and she was sobbing, and she got sobbing to the point to where Jonathan Frakes got teary-eyed, and then everybody, I think, it kind of like spread from there. Yeah, Frakes put his arm around Circus in a way that was like, wow, I'm not used to... <laughs> shh, I'm not used to... <laughs> Certainly Certus. Uh-huh. <laughs> the sitcom on NBC. <laughs> this Certainly <fall>. Certus. <laughs> is standing beside Frakes. And uh, <laughs> it, it was just like a real moment between those two characters where they look like, you know, modern day buddy buddy people, not Starfleet officers. Because it's like, whoa, can you put your arm around her? But it was a sweet moment where I was like, oh, their connection's very real. <laughs> yeah. uh, they really care about uh, Yar here. Yeah. I actually, I know we at the beginning of this episode we said we were gonna like maybe develop our own funeral uh, tapes, but I did, I did write a little message based on Yar's speech for you two in case I should perish. Okay. Do you guys okay. want to hear okay. it? Okay. <clears throat> yes, yeah. please. Hello, my friends. You're now hearing this recording of me because I have died. It probably oh. happened while I was on duty editing the To Boldly Watch podcast, and it probably happened quickly, as my mother full told to me when I was eight. Never forget, I died <laughs> doing exactly what I chose. I loved my life, and those of you who shared it with me, you're my family. You all know what I came from and what I was like before, but Good Time Society took that frightened, angry boy and tempered him. I've been blessed with your friendship and your love. Becca Scott, you're the best. You trusted me and encouraged me, and most of all, you made me laugh. Haha. <laughs> Xander, you are capable of so much love. You taught me without ever having to say a word. I realized I could be feminine without losing anything. Mm-hmm. Ah, Becca. Circus. We are so much alike, <laughs> you and I. Both gamers, <laughs> theater nerds who found ourselves this family. I hope I meet death with eyes wide open, just like I did when I lose games to you. Aww. Xander, your fierce devotion comes within and cannot be diminished. From you, I have learned to strive for excellence no matter the personal cost. Whatever that means, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. I know what you did. No. Oshi, I'm sorry I won't be able to see you grow into the exceptional, well-behaved dog that you're destined to become, but your kindness and fake innocence are ageless. My friend Becca, you see things with the wonder of a child, and that makes you more childish than any of us. Xander, I wish I could say that you've been like a father to me, but I know you just make daddy jokes the whole time. If there's someone I want to be proud of me, it's you. You, who have the heart of the explorer and the soul of a poet. I think you'll both understand when I say, death is that state in which one exists only in the memory of others, which is why it is not an end. No goodbyes, just good times. I think he ripped that whole thing off from Star Trek. That was incredible. I don't even (laughs) care. This is so perfect. There's only one thing I could say in response to it. The gathering gathering is is concluded. The gathering Look at is the colluded. Chat, Sander. Colluded. The gathering is concluded. I did not know we were doing it then. <laughs> Jake, that was great. It was nice. That was awesome. I mean, half of it is from that monologue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. I thought you okay. were gonna say I have only one thing to say in response to that. Yes, I did kill Jake. <laughs> <laughs> 
from my childish curiosity. I shoved no, it into but, the pit of tar. Okay, it I know we're me. done, but just one more thing. Data at the yeah. end. Data at the end saying the purpose of this gathering confuses me. My thoughts are not for her, but for myself. How empty it will be without her presence. Did I miss something? Prepare to just, this is the tip of the iceberg of confusion between the relationship between Data and Yar, which will continue yeah. for some reason. He doesn't get over his ex for <laughs> quite some time. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm talking about the meaning of death. Oh, right. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah, very good. But, yeah, but, but, but like he says, this is for the survivors, right? This is for the people that are here. Right. It's not about necessarily her. So it's about his contemplation of that. And yeah, we'll see how <sighs> how it comes back. God, it's hard. Okay. Well, you know what? To this I say, the, the gathering, gathering is, is concluded. concluded. <laughs> well done, team. <laughs>